Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. For anyone who wants to make money and make a difference, grow and leverage your enterprise better, get more done in less time, outsource everything and create your ideal lifestyle. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here and welcome to episode 10 of the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. In this podcast, I'm going to be covering how to deal with bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger problems. Now, at the end of this podcast, I'm going to give you a step-by-step system on how to deal with challenges, problems, grief, pain, trauma, crisis in your enterprise. And it'll probably work for your emotional and mental and physical life as well. Uh, and I'll give you that step-by-step system right at the end of the podcast. So this, it was thanks to Rohit who asked a question on my Facebook page about uh, actually having a way of solving problems and not just talking about uh, the problems themselves, which I thought was a good question. So I'll give you that step-by-step system at the end. But before we get there, I think it's important to discuss uh, bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger problems. Now, I think really when you look at what a problem is, it's a perception. There's no reality that's a problem. There's no absolute thing where something at a certain scale and size and time in your life is defined as a problem and then anything smaller isn't and anything bigger is a disaster. A problem is a perception of an individual. So some, for example, someone might see a problem and another person might think it's a difficulty and another person might think it's a, a crisis and another person might think it's a life or death situation. And someone else, especially an entrepreneur like you, might see it as an opportunity, an opportunity for growth, to learn something new, to develop yourself, uh, something exciting and different, even though it's a challenge at the time. So how do you perceive problems, challenges? You know, when something happens that goes wrong, how do you see it? Do you get this big gut emotional feeling that's like, oh, it's like a punch, you know, and you just... If you're broken and deflated, do you react that way? Do you react emotionally? Or do you roll your sleeves up and think, right, I'm going to get in here and deal with this because I know if I deal with this, when most other people will balk, I'll become a higher value person because if I deal with bigger problems, I'll become a bigger person. And people will be inspired by me because they'll see me roll up my sleeves and deal with this challenge, even if it's not nice in the moment. And then when people are seeing me dealing with challenges, they see me as a leader because they know that other people can't deal with those problems or challenges, so they stay at a lower level. Now, that's two ways of looking at the same problem. And I'd really like to challenge you to think about how you do react. You know, that first nanosecond when a problem or a challenge comes in, because I know sometimes if it's really difficult, you know, you read a horrible email or someone's done something to you publicly, uh, you know, you can immediately get that emotion, like like almost you did 20 or 30 or 40 years ago, like maybe something from your childhood or it anchors a feeling or something that happened to you in your life and brings back all of this past in this nanosecond. It's amazing what what we do to ourselves emotionally. And that's not the problem. That's your past and your history and everything being compounded and put forward into the problem. Now, of course, it's okay to feel those feelings. You are who you are, but it's probably best not to dwell in that. And it's probably best to try and get yourself a logic to the situation, which will give you that step-by-step process at the end of the podcast and actually assess, is it a crisis, a drama, a problem, a challenge, an opportunity, an issue? Let's not make it bigger than it is. Of course, let's not um, you know, hide it either and brush it under the rug. Uh, so how to catch yourself, you know, when you're in your business and enterprise, how do you emotionally react to these problems and uh, how can you maybe put it into a bit more perspective? 
I don't know if you've ever had an argument with someone in your head. Uh, I know you've done that. I'm sure you've done that. We all do that. You know, someone cuts you up uh, on the motorway and you're having this 35 minute argument with him in your head, thinking about all the things you're going to do. And of course, if they stopped and get out the car, you'd probably retract into your shell and drive away with your tail between your legs. I don't know if you've ever had an argument with your husband or business partner or supplier or a customer who's gone and defamed you on a, an open forum or community. And you, know, you play over in your head like a, a movie or an audio, all the things you'd say. And it's never like that in reality, is it? Uh, I don't know if you've ever then Uh, had this confrontation with someone and then afterwards you thought, oh, I should have said this and I should have said that and why didn't I say that? And and then it it damages your self-worth. So try not to play in your head how the problem will play out in the future because you don't know how it will play out in the future. And I speak to, mentor a lot of people who they've already decided in their head right now in an instant how this problem is going to play out for the next two weeks or two years. And they're convinced, but they have no idea. They're making assumptions based on future realities that aren't realities that haven't happened yet. So try and catch yourself and stop yourself from doing that. I don't know if you've ever listened to The Four Agreements, and and that's a a really great audio program. You should get that, The Four Agreements. And uh, you absolutely don't want to imagine how things will be in the future. You just want to accept how they are in the present and not make them something that they're not. Because here's the reality when something goes wrong. It's probably not something you could plan for. I mean, they say plan for the worst. But if you could plan for it, it wouldn't be a problem. You'd have dealt with it. You know, it would just be a, a small challenge, a minor blip. Uh, The biggest problems you have are the ones that completely blindside you, the ones that you could never expect, you probably could never have planned for. And of course, if you could have, you would have, and it wouldn't have been a problem. So you know when people say things like, oh, well, why does it always happen to me? Well, it always happens to you because you don't know how to deal with it. And you know when they say, oh, it's such bad timing, this problem. Well, of course, if it was good timing, it wouldn't be a problem. So I know when we talk about it like this, it kind of sounds like common sense. But a real big challenge is one that's probably going to blindside you. Now, of course, you can protect the risk, protect the downside. You can plan, you can prepare, you can do all of that. And that's a smart thing to do. And you'll probably reduce the amount of problems or challenges or difficulties you have. But you can't plan for what you can't plan for. All you can do is deal with it in the right way when it happens. Get resourceful, not make it mean something it isn't. Let it play out. Get the facts. uh, Remove your emotion. Don't take it personally. Uh, and follow and observe some kind of logical rather than overly emotional reactions. So I believe every challenge has an equal upside and downside. You'll know from listening to my podcast that I believe that everything in life has an equal upside and downside. And every challenge has at least 50% or probably around about 50% of an upside. You know, you'll learn something new, you'll grow as a person, You will become better at dealing with challenges next time. Your self-worth will increase when you deal with this problem that you couldn't have dealt with before. Your confidence will go up. It will get you to look at new things in new ways. It will give you variety. Other people will respect you more. People might think, wow, they dealt with that problem really well. They're a real leader. And of course, they're all the upsides of challenges, difficulties, problems, issues, traumas, crises, whatever. And uh, they're the upsides that most people don't see in a challenge because I think most people think that uh, everything is is completely one-sided, you know, so they think that there's a challenge and they think, oh, well, I don't like this. I don't want to deal with this. If I get rid of this by dropping it, giving up or changing or going into a new business or a new enterprise or I quit this job, then it'll all be gone. And they live this delusional, one-sided, naive, utopic fantasy that all the problems are where they are 
with what's happening and it will be okay if, when, but. If I just had a new job or if I didn't have a boss and I had my own business uh, or if uh, I wasn't with this partner, I was with another partner or if I wasn't single and I was married or if I was single instead of being married or whatever. And they separate and put all the downside on the thing that's happening to them now and all the upside on the thing that they see on the other side of the grass, you know, where the grass is greener. That's a delusion. I really believe that's a delusion. And uh, just like in every upside, there's a downside and every downside, there's an upside. So rather than quitting or looking at your heroes and thinking, wow, you know, they've got everything, look at them. Or, you know, maybe in a relationship and uh, you think that maybe your uh, marriage or your part, your relationship, your partnership maybe isn't as great as it was. And you, know, you, you start thinking maybe it would better be better elsewhere. But here's what will happen. Uh, you, you will get new upsides and new downsides. So they'll just change form. And, uh, you know, when you uh, nostalgically look back at the past, maybe a past relationship or a previous business or job, nostalgia is seeing all of the upside and you forget the downside. You look back with such, oh, I remember when I was 15 and I had no care in the world. Well, the reality is you were probably skint. Uh, you, you probably couldn't focus because you were just chasing the opposite sex around. You probably felt that the world was going against you. And, you know, you, back then you'd have probably seen most of the downsides. And then, of course, remorse is looking at all the downside and, you know, oh, everything was just terrible or everything will be terrible and not seeing the upside. So how can you create more of a balanced view? Infatuation is seeing all the upside and no downside, and that leads to naivety, that leads to bad investment and business decisions, that leads to falling in love too quick, and then the reality kicks in. I don't know if you've ever been infatuated with someone, you know, you've fallen mildly in love with them, and you've pedestalized them, and you've thought they're everything I want, and wow, and then I don't know if you've ever got with that person, then you've married them. Yes, then the reality is different, and then you've probably ended up divorcing them, and then, of course, you're just seeing all the downside and none of the upside. So try not to be, you know... For years, people have been asking me where I buy my watches. Many of you may know I'm a watch collector, I'm a watch investor, and those as an asset class have done me very well in the last 15 years. I have never shared where I source my watches from or my watch dealer until now. My watch dealer used to be a professional footballer for Manchester United, and he formed a watch brand called Broadwalk, and he sources the higher-end brands like Rolex, Audemars Piguet, Patek Philippe and Richard Mille. I trust him, I've used him for many years, and recently we've done a partnership. Hence, I'm inviting you, if you want to start investing in watches and protect your money from the banks and inflation, to check out Broadwalk. That's B-R-O-A-D-W-A-L-K. And the website is broadwalkgroup.com. The email is sales at broadwalkgroup.com. And please don't share this, but his number is 07496. 878153. Obviously, only message him if you're serious about buying and investing in the higher end watches. People have been asking me for years, and for the first time ever, you can get access to my watch team. One sided in your business, in your enterprise, in your hiring, in your firing, in your recruitment, in your sales, in your marketing. Try and look at a balanced view. And of course, when you deal with a problem and you look at it in balance and you see all the upsides as well as the downsides and you turn the problem into a challenge and you solve that problem, then you don't have that problem anymore. Because what happens is that problem, if, it, if and when it manifests itself, which it will, you won't see it as a problem anymore because you'd have dealt with it because it'd be easy. 
So a bit like, I don't know if you've ever done martial arts and you do conditioning where you kind of, you hit each other on the arms and legs or you kick things. And of course, when you, when you first start, you tap something with your leg and you bruised for a week and five years later and you can kind of fully roundhouse kick trees and, you know, big wooden poles and bars. And you can, um, I don't know if you've ever seen those UFC fights where people actually, actually their legs get broken by a block. And that's just conditioning, you know, you just small step by step, getting a bit tougher and a bit tougher and a bit tougher. And, and I think that's the upside of a challenge is that each time you grow through it, uh, you get better at dealing with it. And therefore that challenge, that level of pain goes away. It's not pain anymore. And that's really great for your confidence and it's great for your self-worth. And if your confidence and your self-worth will incre- increase, so will your prices, your margins will probably increase, your overheads will probably reduce. Uh, because your business is a, re- a representation of you, a reflection of you, the leader, the founder. And, um, and that's the way the challenge goes. And that's the way you get rid of problems, by dealing with them, by following my system that I'll give you at the end of this podcast. But here's the thing. The delusion sets in when you deal with that problem and you think, woohoo, it's all gone. I'm never going to have any more problems. I've sussed it. Because you know if you've ever thought, I don't know if your life's been perfectly in order and the ducks have been in a row and that probably lasted like four and a half minutes. And then all of a sudden something came along, it blindsided you because it always does blindside you because if it didn't, it, it wouldn't be a problem. And then everything's all ruffled up and messed up again. So that's the way the world works. That's the way business works. And business, it really, in many ways, if you were to be in a room, a boardroom table or a mastermind with myself and many of my millionaire and billionaire friends, you'd see that a lot of our conversations around business is about going from challenge to challenge to challenge, getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and still keeping all the enthusiasm and desire to learn and desire to grow, no matter how big the challenges get. And each time you deal with a bigger challenge, your turnover can grow, your overheads can reduce, your margin can probably increase, you can accept more customers, you could maybe scale your business from you know local to national to global. And of course, each time you take one of those steps, you, you bring in a whole load of problems. And the, the old problems went away because you dealt with them. And then the new problems manifest, and they're different problems. And they're, they're not better or worse, they're different. And uh, I think that's one of the great joys and benefits of being in business is that you get to learn every day, you get new challenges to deal with every day. Now, here's the thing, when you do something you love, when it's a, a vision and a mission of yours, it's, it's in, line, in alignment with your purpose, you'll endure that pain. You'll go through it, you won't give up, you won't attach it to your self-worth, you won't blame yourself, you won't blame other people. I mean, I don't know, for example, if you ever played an instrument or had a hobby, you know, people will play the guitar for hours on end and they'll get calluses in their fingers and they'll cramp, but they'll still practice because they just love it. Or, you know, the the kids who play the computer games till four o'clock in the morning, they play them 12 hours straight. I mean, they've got a lot of passion and energy, enthusiasm, you know, and they're they're trying to go to the next level on the computer game and they, they get killed and they get killed and they get killed and they get killed, but they keep going because they're loving what they're doing. So you will endure bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger problems and challenges if you're doing something that's right for you, if your passion and profession emerged, your vocation and your vacation, if, it's, if you know it's in alignment with your vision and values, you will endure those. If you find yourself giving up all the time, if you find yourself being defeatist, questioning yourself, questioning your own integrity and motivation, and you seem to get knocked over by the littlest thing, maybe the thing is wrong. Maybe, you should, maybe that's feedback. You know, often if, if you can't deal with the challenges, the feedback is that you're probably doing the wrong thing. But I also truly believe that the world won't throw you a challenge that you can't deal with. If the world threw challenges to everyone that we couldn't deal with, them, we'd all die. You know, we'd all uh, have mental breakdowns or we'd all just commit suicide. So the world will never throw us problems that we're not able to deal with or at least able to work out and try and deal with. So 
Can you see the upsides of your challenges and problems? Can you reframe them and rename them rather than a crisis or a trauma or pain or grief? Could you call it a challenge, an opportunity, a new way to learn, to grow? Can you see the two-sided reality, not the one-sided reality? Can you be grateful for all of your challenges and problems? Because if you've got a new problem, that means that you've solved the smaller one. You, you're now at a higher level where you can embrace and accept and bring in a newer level of challenge, which means that you've grown, which means that you've probably served more people, which means that you've increased your self-worth. So I know it kind of sounds a bit strange sometimes for some people to say, well, you know, how can you be grateful for your problems? But if you are grateful for your problems because you're grateful to be alive, because you're grateful to serve people, because you're grateful to have a a great business and, you know, great opportunity in the, probably in the Western world. And I know I have listeners in what, nearly, nearly 65 countries on this podcast, but many of you, most of you listening are in, you know, a developed nation where opportunity is rife. All you need is an internet connection and a second-hand computer and you can set up your own business. So what have we not got to be grateful for? So when you add gratitude to your challenges and you add resourcefulness to your challenges where you roll up your sleeves and you go, okay, this is killing me now, but I know in the future I can deal with this. I know I'm going to grow through this. I know it's going to make me a bigger, stronger person. I'm grateful that it's happened to me because it shows that I'm a leader and other people are going to be inspired by me when I deal with this problem. Because the world isn't judging you when it's easy. The world isn't judging you when, you know, you're kicking, you're kicking your slippers off and drinking your pina coladas. No one's really looking at you going, wow, aren't you amazing? They're probably criticizing you saying that it's easy, but they become more impressed with you when you deal with problems. Because when you're able to deal with problems, you prove to humanity that you can help humanity grow. So that's why people love self-made entrepreneurs. You know, certainly in, in England, where I'm from, people love the sort of self-made story, you know, the rags to riches. We love that because it proves that we can get up there, get resourceful, solve problems, grow, serve humanity. And, and therefore, as a, a species, we evolve, we survive. So people will always be, be led by you. They'll see you as a leader and someone who's inspiring when you're able to deal with challenges gratefully, elegantly and gracefully. Now, I thought it'd be worth talking to you about a a couple of specific examples of bigger companies who've got bigger problems, just to put it into perspective. Because a lot of the time when I said that, you know, you make a meaning around the words you use. So if you call a problem a challenge, that means that you're looking for resourcefulness and solutions. If you call a problem a a crisis, which is a cross between a trauma and a crisis, if you call it a crisis or a nightmare, then of course, that's how you're perceiving it. And that's how it will be. But uh, you probably know of BA, British Airways, or or Malaysia Airways, one of the Malaysian airlines. And um, BA have a full-on legal department just to deal with legal shite all day, every day. They're probably getting lawsuits left, right and centre. They're getting thousands probably of complaints. Now, they have a full-on complaints department, a full-on team of people just to deal with complaints. Now, I remember when I first started business and maybe we had a dozen or even maybe even a a couple of hundred customers and I was so proud that no one ever complained about us and everyone loved us and there was no, no one ever made any bad reference to us on a community or social media or in the media. And I thought we were just such a great business. Now, of course, we were doing good because we weren't having any problems and we weren't having any complaints. But it's easy to serve five or 20 or 100 customers. That's easy. Um, But what it actually was a sign of was that we were small, that we we hadn't grown. Maybe we weren't growing quick enough because maybe we things were a little bit easy, but also we, we hadn't really scaled. And 
Someone like BA who may have millions of customers, they may have tens of thousands of complaints and lawsuits every year. Now, that doesn't make them a bad company. I'm just using them as an example. I fly with them regularly. I've just literally today landed back from the Cayman Islands, which is kind of why I'm using them as an example. And I'll use the Malaysian airline in a minute for a more extreme example. But the point is they have whole departments to deal with stuff that, you know, if you got a legal letter in your small enterprise, that might completely hit you emotionally. So the bigger you are, the bigger problems you have, the bigger challenges you have. But that's the responsibility of being that way. So I always feel really honoured if I get a, a big challenge. Now, I know it's easy for me to sit here doing this podcast for you and saying, oh, yeah, I'm always really honoured when I get a challenge because sometimes I'm smashing the keyboard like everyone else again. That's not fair. They're wrong. They're lying. Or, you know, sometimes you can feel really wronged. But, you know, once I've got over myself and I, I just try and make sure I don't do that in public and I try and make sure I lock myself away in a padded room and let my, get over myself. And bleh, uh, you know, we're all allowed to do that. We're all allowed to have emotions. We wouldn't be human if we weren't. But it's really an honour to have a big problem because it means that you are at that level that you can accept it. Do you want to be a leader or a follower? I want to be a leader. I want to be someone that inspires people. And therefore, I'm honoured that I would be challenged at that level and therefore given the opportunity to prove my worth and my leadership skills and inspiration to others at that level. So gratitude and honour and humility and grace are such great ways to deal with problems. But the, the reason most people can't is because they're in the emotion. So you'll see from my step-by-step -step process in a minute of dealing with problems and challenges is you've got to get rid of the emotion. You've got to kind of uh, put the, the emotion into perspective and control the emotion. I did a whole chapter in Life Leverage called Emotional Mastery, and I really believe business mastery is emotional mastery. I used to be a very angry person. And when I used to draw my really fine art pencil drawings and I make one tiny little blip that no one could ever really see, I'd smash uh, lamps or I'd just get angry and rip them up. And, you know, that was really, that was just fear and that was just self-doubt and a lack of confidence and a lack of self-worth. But my reaction would be anger. Now, of course, that doesn't help the situation. And I felt that, uh, I feel that the business has really taught me uh, to manage emotions better. I'm not saying that we don't ever have those feelings, but you, you try and isolate yourself and, uh, and maybe uh, get a little bit of counsel from people who know you well and care about you and can calm you down. And then you can always do the right logical uh, next step rather than the emotional one, which you'll probably always regret later. Like, you know, when you've sent that email off in that rage, oh, you wish you could have pulled it back through the, the Ethernet cable, but you couldn't because it's gone. You, you know, when sometimes people send a message saying, recall, it's too late. You can't recall it. I've read it. You can't unread anything. Okay. So if you have a clarity of vision and purpose, you know your values, you know your mission, you'll endure those problems, uh, you'll grow to the next level of problems, and I think that's a good sign. So uh, just your, your litmus test is, you know, how much will I endure these? Uh, you, some people do kind of get this sort of almost masochistic enjoyment of problems and challenges. You know, there are a lot of techies and coders, you know, they, they kind of love solving the next algorithm. And I really, I'm inspired by that because I must admit, sometimes in business, I think, oh, do we have to go through this all over again? But then I think of, you know, a techie or a coder would be there all night, you know, in like a Harvard dormitory, just trying to write this code and solve this issue. And I think that's a really good mindset to have. But you won't endure all of that if you're doing something you hate, if you're in a job you hate, if you're working for a boss you hate. Uh, if you're not inspired, if, it's, if, if, you're, if you're not living the life that you know you should be living. Okay, so in a moment, I'm going to give you that step-by-step -step process. I just want to cover a couple of things first, which is 
Another couple of case studies of companies I think who've had to really endure challenge. So the airline of Malaysia have had two crashes, uh, really unfortunate incidents that have happened that have pretty much totally damaged the brand of that airline. And the second one is the, the famous one that everyone knows about where the plane literally disappeared, all the tracking devices just went off and the plane was never actually found. There's a part of the wing found and they're not really sure if it was a mechanical failure or maybe it was um, pilot sabotage. Yeah, and no one really knows, but you know, that, imagine being the airline and that happened to your airline. That's just a freak of, of accident, nothing that you could really control, but two accidents on your airline. No one uses your airline anymore. They're having to completely rebrand the airline and it must have cost them millions and millions and millions and millions. It could have cost them 10 years in business. Uh, and uh, sometimes when I think of my problems that I'm having in business, it, it kind of puts it into perspective. Um, you know, you probably see on Facebook feeds, people have lost um, their three or four-year-old children. And I think, you know, I've got a four-year-old son. How, how would I feel if, that, if my son got taken away from me? It would just be, it, I just couldn't bear to think about that. And uh, I think whilst not wanting to put yourself in a negative state of mind, I think it's really good to put your issues and challenges, problems into perspective. Uh, you know, how bad are they really? Tylenol, which was a drug made by Johnson & Johnson, you probably know that story quite well. They had uh, their, their Tylenol was tampered and um, someone poisoned Tylenol, put laced poison in it, and uh, seven people died from taking Tylenol. Now, whether that would, they actually never found out who did that, which is probably worse for the company because had they found out, they could have to sort of closed the case, if you like, but they never found out. So they kind of dragged on and on. They had a prime suspect and, and no one was really ever to know for sure. Was it, was it sabotage from within the company? Was it just a, an extremist? But imagine you're Johnson & Johnson and how, how many millions of pounds in lawyer's fees and PR and brand rep, uh, reputation and, uh, you know, collateral and damage of your brand it would it would happen from someone else's somewhat extreme notion of you know of tampering with with the drug so I like to think of things like that if I'm putting my problems a little bit too extreme or I'm making them bigger than they are uh, and remember that the bigger the company the bigger the challenge and uh, again that they're able to deal with it in that position when uh, there, there was a virgin trains crash and I remember seeing the TV and who was first there on site to deal with the issue and to do the PR and to go to the hospital and to go and meet the, you know, some of the victims of the crash, Richard Branson himself. So he knows how to deal with big problems. He steps up when there's a big problem because he's a leader. And that's what leaders do. So don't be naive that you're the only one that has problems and challenges. Don't be naive that they're all bad because they're equally all good. Don't be naive that they'll go away. They'll just manifest. They'll keep hitting you, by the way. The problems and challenges that you don't deal with, they'll keep hitting you and hitting you and hitting you and hitting you because you, you haven't dealt with them yet. And some people live their whole life. You know, they, they make the same mistakes in their um, intimate relationships over and over and over, and they're blaming all the partners. Or, you know, they're making the same mistakes in businesses and their businesses are going bust and they start again, they're going bust and they're starting again. Or they get fired from their jobs or they just go from job to job to job and they're making the same mistake over and they're blaming the world. But the reality is that same challenge that's put, the, the, the challenge is there as a lesson. It's feedback for you to grow, to learn, to go to the next level. It's, it's a sign and they keep getting it over and over and over and over, but they're not mastering it and therefore it keeps recurring and recurring. So if you're having a recurring challenge or problem in your life, take responsibility, follow the steps on this podcast, grow through it, don't blame the world uh, and go on to your higher level of problem. 
go through the growth, enjoy the growth, enjoy the the, the, the higher self-worth and the, and the better the leader you will become. Okay, so the step-by-step then uh, system, if you like, for dealing with a challenge or a problem or a trauma or a crisis. So the first thing is just analyze or experience how you react emotionally. Don't do anything, but become aware of your emotions. Are you apathetic on the one side? I'll give this problem to someone else, which isn't a good thing because it will get bigger and bigger. Or are you emotionally crippled on the other side where you've turned a tiny little problem into a massive crisis? So observe how you react emotionally. The second thing then is don't do anything yet. You need to isolate yourself. You need to have a breath, you need to have a word, you need to have a walk, you need to go down the gym, you need to do something. Now, my instant reaction when there's a problem is to try and fix it straight away. Now, that can be good and that can be bad because everything has an upside and a downside. But trying to fix something that isn't ready to be fixed, that I don't understand, that I'm coming from a place of lack of control or emotion rather than, you know, proper solution focus is not always the best way to deal with it. So you've got to isolate yourself. That's step two. Uh, is to you know get yourself either alone or step three, get good counsel. Mentors, advisors, friends who know you well, loved ones who you can blurt out and have a massive full-on rant and you know they won't take it personally and, and it's not going to affect or hurt anyone. So you want to make sure you get good counsel. So after step three, you've had your good counsel, then hopefully the emotion has dissipated. So you have to, step four, get rid of the emotion. If you're going to then get to the solution of the problem, step four is getting rid of the emotion or or, or not being in that initial emotional state when you come to deal with the challenge. Step five is find out what the real problem or challenge is. Get to the root of it. I don't know if you've ever heard the Toyota five whys asking, why did that happen? Why did that happen? Why and why and why five times should get you to the root of every problem because sometimes it's not what you thought or you're making it bigger than it is or you're not taking it seriously enough. So step five is get to the real root and and actually verbalize or articulate what the problem or the challenge is. The next thing then is setting clear actions. So step five or six is setting clear actions. We're going to do this and this and this and this. Then the next step is to uh, make one person responsible for the solution of the problem. That may be you, that may be your MD, it may be someone in your team. But when all people are responsible, no one's responsible. And when no one's responsible, no one's responsible. So you've set the clear actions of what you've got to do. And then the next step is one person must be fully responsible for the outcome and the solution of the problem. Then the next step, which is step seven or eight, doesn't really matter, is set a specific time frame with an attached deadline of when the problem will be solved so that everyone knows what they've got to do and by when. And there's one person responsible for that time frame and that deadline. And then the final step is the feedback loop. How do you know that that problem was solved? What's the feedback mechanism? What's the sign that tells us that that problem has gone? Now, you might need to make, wait a week or a month, or you might, might need to get surveys or feedback from staff or customers or suppliers or whatever. But you've got to have a way of, of looking back at what the problem was and seeing that it's dealt with. And then the final step after you've got the feedback and you know the problem's dealt with is document it all down and create a new system so that it means it doesn't happen again. What's the new system? How do you make sure that it doesn't happen again? How do you write a, uh, an A to Z process or a flow chart or some kind of something that could be automated to stop the problem happening? Okay, so I hope you've enjoyed this episode 10, 
dealing with bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger problems, please do leave a review on my uh, podcast page. Also, if you're not following me on Facebook or Instagram, uh, Facebook is Rob Moore Progressive and Instagram is Rob Progressive. If you've got any questions or if you've got any suggestions of what you'd like me to cover on my podcast to help you grow in business, make more money in less time and leverage out most of your life and do the things you love more of and outsource the rest, please do suggest on my Facebook page.